The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Your hosts are Ken Roshan and Gisela Gonzalez. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Gisela. Hello, this is Ken Roshan. Gisela Gonzalez. Welcome to our second show, Amplified. So we want to give our shout-outs to the, the folks that have made us actually uh, more prominent in the world and have a, even connected us to our guests. So first of all, a big shout-out to Apps Entertainment for hosting our show and uh, building the studio for us and to Bark Baltimore for putting all those headphones and mics together for us. To CEO Space International, who is probably going to be announced every single time because we have met so many amazing leaders and uh, influencers in that space. To Swag Dog, our promotional sponsor, as well as the people that put the shirts on our backs, literally. To Voice America for uh, being the, the backbone and, and finding great hosts and the ability of actually making a difference with their messaging. Jeff, Robert, and Ryan, thank you so much. Sugar Bakers, for uh, last couple weeks ago, they gave us uh, uh, sponsored a cake celebrating our fourth anniversary. To Breezy's for locally making Baltimore a better place to live, thrive, and to also network. And they have a, they've uh, hosted a company called Be More Moving Forward. To The Gentleman Project, uh, we're going to have them on at a future event. And I'll leave the last one to Secret Knock. Secret Knock is the reason we actually met our first guest, Frank Shakowitz. Frank, uh, I'm going to do a little bio for you and then we'll bring you in. Frank is the creator and founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. That is uh, just such a, a huge guest to have on the show. We're so excited about it. He's an ex- it's an extraordinary charity that helps children facing life-threatening medical conditions. From, humbly, from humble beginnings, the Make-A-Wish Foundation is now a global organization that grants a child's wish somewhere in the world on an average of every 26 minutes. Shankwitz is a U.S. Air Force veteran and has had a long and distinguished career in a law enforcement. He began as an Arizona Highway Patrol motorcycle officer and retired as a homicide detective with the Arizona Department of Public Safety. With 41 years of service, Shankwitz has received numerous awards, including the White House Call to Service Award. In 2015, Shankwitz joined six United States presidents as well as the Nobel Prize winners and industry leaders as a recipient of the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. So, Frank, I am so excited that you're on our program. Thank you for coming in to our second show. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Well, I want to. I, I always like to start off with thanking the people that put us together, and that would be Greg Reed with Secret Knock. So, I I know that we wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for Greg Reed and Secret Knock. So, just tell me what kind of uh, impact he's had in your life because this, this shows about the impact people make. Just a great, great big impact in my life. Uh, I met Greg approximately uh, four years ago. Um, 
through another friend of hers, Clarissa Burt, who is a uh, international model and actress. I met her in my little town of Prescott, Arizona, at a charity event we were doing. Um, the next thing I get a call from a gentleman named Gregory. He said, Hi, I'm Greg. I'm in San Diego. I'm flying you over. Uh, I want to talk to you. And I said, No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea who he was. I'm still a homicide detective who's setting me up. But after a little uh, wants and warrants check, <laughs> I said, well, I like San Diego. I'll go over and talk to him. And what a great partnership that has become. Uh, the gentleman has done so much for me. Yeah, to include putting us together. And uh, I wanted to uh, talk about your project you're doing with him. I, I believe you're doing a book that's coming out soon as well as a movie. Can you talk about that? Yeah, uh, a book on, on my life story uh, that is running through actually his wife's, uh, Alan's, uh, Shepherd Press. And then also um, he contacted me about two and a half years ago with a, a director from Hollywood saying, we want to do a movie on your life. And I said, again, no, you don't. Yes, we do. And um, we've been working on this screenplay. It's a major motion picture, feature motion picture. Uh, we finally nailed down the screenplay. And uh, just last week, we were in Universal Studios meeting with the Academy Award-winning producer, Phil Goldfine, uh, to get this movie going, and uh, it's a go. Um, yeah, that, that's so we're exciting. We're really excited about all this, yeah. Yeah, and, and I remember you when you were you know, just six foot two, and uh, here we are. You're becoming a big movie star. Well, I won't be the movie star. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but star. but you you, I, I, you are being represented one. as the the person yeah. who made the impact. I wanted to ask you a question about uh, this Make a Wish Foundation because obviously it's one of the biggest uh, philanthropic movements in the world. I, I'm just curious. Uh, one, what started you even thinking about it, and secondly, you had to have some pretty difficult times where this thing was just in its beginning stages and. As a as a leader, I was just wondering were there any times that you were thinking about quitting or it just uh, being too much for you? Well, numerous times, and and it all began because of a little boy, seven years old, uh, unfortunately had leukemia and only a couple of weeks to live that wanted to be a highway patrol motorcycle officer. That that I was during this time period, and through the efforts of friends of his and family, I got to meet him, made a special day. Our whole department made a special day for him, making him the first and only Arizona Highway Patrol motorcycle officer in the history of the Arizona Highway Patrol to this day. And this is now, that was back in 1980. But he was the inspiration. He had died a couple of days after he had his wish to become a motorcycle officer and died a few days after that. And he was buried in Illinois. And our department sent me back there to help bury a fellow police officer. But coming back, uh, I, I just started thinking, coming back from Illinois, this little boy had a wish, and we made it happen. Why can't we do that for other children? And that was the inspiration to start the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, this was back in the day before Internet, computers, everything else. How do you start a foundation? Those were the old days of library research. But with the help of a few friends, an attorney, an accountant, uh, got it going. Within six months, became official. We received our 501c3. But I was still a police officer in this time, and to develop this foundation, to try to run it, and it grew immediately. I mean, we got uh, press, especially with NBC uh, Dateline, right away. And to run that and still be a police officer at the same time, uh, numerous times I thought, I just can't handle this. Yeah, I was really moved by the fact that when you shared on stage, uh, your dream and vision of this never 
taking a penny. Like everyone you involve with Make a Wish, uh, Wish Foundation, they had to be committed to all the proceeds, all the money generated going to the, the actual mission. And that blew me away. Yes, yes, 100% in the beginning. But as this grew, and, and I couldn't do both. I couldn't handle I was trying to run this out of my kitchen. Um, we had no paid staff members, all volunteers. But as a, I learned from very astute business leaders, you have to start hiring the experts in the field. Uh, my expertise was as a police officer, um, not in nonprofit. And we did. We, in 1982, we hired our first professional to start uh, running the foundation. Uh, and then it grew, obviously, from there as they got more and more experts in the field to what it is today. And the social media for Make-A-Wish Foundation is uh, very impressive. I, I hope one day to actually extend it even further with our, our mission of amplifying good messages. I wanted to, uh, I guess, reference since you helped that child and that child inspired you to create this whole foundation. Uh, there was obviously a time in your youth, I, I think you told me it was around 10 years old, that you were a, a full-time dishwasher supporting yourself and your mother told you to give back. Uh, what, how did that impact you? Yeah, we were raised very, very, it was just my mother and I, very poor. She divorced my father at a very young age. We lived in tents. We lived in the back of our cars. Uh, she wanted to go back to Arizona where she had worked as a teenager. And this is in the, uh, for her, the 1930s, but for us in early 1950s. And ended up in a little town called Seligman, Arizona on Route 66. And uh, people took us in. She, she was completely out of the money. They found us living in our car took us in, we slept on the floor of their kitchen, and um, got a job as a dishwasher full-time at 10 years old, which was not unusual. It, it, a lot of kids were in that same position. But a lot of people in the town helped us. It was predominantly Mexican and Indians in this little town, just off the reservation, and it was also a division point for the Santa Fe Railroad. And they would bring over beans, they would bring over tortillas, just help us out so much. And the gentleman I was working for said, Frank, so many people are helping you in this town. I want you to give back when you can. And this man's name was Juan Delgadillo. And I said, Juan, how can I do that? We can barely survive. And he pointed out, you don't have to give money to give back. You see Mrs. Sanchez's yard over there? It's full of weeds, and she helps you all the time. You can go over and pull those weeds and rake that yard and help her clean up. Do you see Mr. Ortega? living in that old caboose with his family of five. He's trying to paint it and fix it up. You can help him paint it. You can give back. And I always remembered that lesson. That's excellent. And uh, I resonate with that because there's so many talents that we have and people forget when there's philanthropic movements that sometimes a dollar makes a difference when you have each person just giving that small amount. But then it's all those volunteers that come to the event that are saving a ton of money and also giving the type of service to keep that mission alive. I wanted to go to uh, the, the Chips. We had Chips, uh, the gentleman from Chips at uh, Secret Knock, and in the 70s, that television show was very popular, as you know. How did that show impact the duties of the Arizona Highway Patrol? Well, like, like most, and again, in that time period, um, and this is early 70s, uh, so many times, I was on a squad of 10 men on a motorcycle, go through the whole uh, state of Arizona, two weeks in one town, two weeks in another town. And so many times we would hear, uh, a parent say to their young child, if you don't be good, I'm going to have that policeman arrest you. And the children would actually be afraid of police officers. <laughs> when that show started, Chips, it was just so 
uh, resonated with the children that when we'd ride into town, all of a sudden the children are waving at us, hey, Chips, hey, Ponce, hey, John, because <laughs> our motorcycles, our uniforms looked identical to California Highway Patrol. In fact, nice. we took our initial training uh, with the Highway Patrol in Sacramento. But that, that started uh, a whole thing where we could go into the schools now and uh, during our kind of slow time and talk about bicycle safety with the grade schools. And the kids could care less about the bicycle safety. They just wanted to get on the motorcycles. But it was still a great public relations uh, thing with the uh, Arizona Highway Patrol motorcycle officers, which led to us meeting, because of that, this little boy named Chris that inspired me to start the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So uh, that actually uh, brings me to the next question. You had a, a high-speed chase that resulted in you being killed and brought back to life. That obviously impacted your life. And uh, what happened after that accident? Well, it, it, and again, this was, like you said, a high-speed chase, drunk driver, uh, 80 miles an hour. Another drunk driver ran through a stop sign and uh, in front of me. I hit him broadside. Was pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, they could not bring me back. An off-duty emergency room nurse can worked on me and worked and worked and finally brought me back to life. And um, I, I just, all police officers I know, myself included, uh, believe in a higher being. We go to work every day. We say a little prayer, please allow me to come home at night. You get home at night, you say a little prayer, thank you for allowing me to come home at night. And I just, it took a long time to recover from that accident, almost six months. And I just kept thinking, why was I spared on this? What, what, what's all this about? What's the reason? And I found that reason again when I met this little boy a few years later that inspired to start the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Well, since uh, you know I have a little boy and the fact that uh, he, he came into our life and he was not actually alive when he came into life, I, I resonate a lot with the message you get. And my mom passing of Alzheimer's obviously caused, uh, caused me to rethink what my purpose in life was. So that generated the Umbrella Syndicate, and here we are today. But uh, Gisela has a question for you. Hello, Frank. Um, I'm, I'm so amazed by, by you. I'm moved a bit. It, this is, uh, I, can't, I can't believe I'm, I'm getting to interview you. Um, my question is, I'm, I'm sure you have times of challenge, and I, I would like to know for our listeners, uh, what advice would you give when when we're ready to give up, when you're you're, you're thinking that there, there's no more, I'm 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 done. Where where do you find the strength to keep on going? Well, there's there's so many ways you can give back, and and it doesn't have to be monetary. You can donate your time. You can you can donate in kind gifts. Um, you can. Like my wife and I right now, even though we're, we're still involved with Make-A-Wish, we're starting a new foundation, but we're out uh, every third week cleaning up a section of the highway. We're giving back to the community that way, um, volunteering. And I would suggest a lot of people, there's so many charities. There's actually about 1.2 million charities in the United States. And I would really suggest that if you're interested in any charity, to go to charitynavigator.org. That's charitynavigator.org. They're the watchdog group for all charities, and they will list of where your money is actually going, if it's going to that mission of the charity or if it's going into somebody's pocket. And if 70 cents of every dollar that is donated can go direct to a charity, that's a very good reading, very good rating for that charity. But you can give back in so many ways. 
Okay, so I know we got a break coming up, and I wanted you to stay on the show because we have some uh, general questions that are going to uh, bring all the guests together on how they can actually uh, recommend certain gold nuggets or what books you've read. So if we can have you hang out a little bit longer, um, just before we go to break, I was just going to ask you, what is a favorite quote you live by? My favorite quote? Yes. Character is developed, not inherited. Awesome. Well, we will leave this segment and go ahead to pick up the second segment and keep you on the show, okay? Okay, Ken. Thanks a lot. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash the Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. If you are a beginning or aspiring entrepreneur, have you thought about a coach or mentor? For instance, think about sports figures who have successfully become entrepreneurs and leaders in business. They started out with a coach in their respective sport, and many work with a coach today to help them continue to achieve their goals. Listen for ESCN with host Michael Dawson and co-host Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. Tune in Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, and 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business and rebroadcasts on Voice America Sports. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, this is Ken Roshan. Gisela Gonzalez. Welcoming you back to the second segment of Amplified. We have our second guest, Frank, is standing on the line to uh, hopefully heckle a little bit our second guest, Barry Shore. And Barry Shore is someone I met at CEO Space International, and boy, did I meet Barry Shore. He is a life force. He is... Uh, 
he's a spirit that you can't run away from because you're just so entangled with the love and beauty and positivity that he exudes. I, I met him. He was sitting down just talking to some people, and I was just drawn to him. And when I met him, uh, he just handed me a keep smiling card, and I said, well, thank you. And his laughter came after that. And I guess my first question, Barry, uh, besides you know how you came up with this and a little bit of your life story is, um, how come you're so shy? Why, how did, how did you uh, decide one day that you would not be shy anymore? And a delightful, wonderful, beautiful day to everybody out there in Radio Land. Thank you, wonderful Ken, Gisela, and Frank for your fabulous work. Oh, thank you, Barry. So I'll reiterate, reiterate that question. Uh, you're very shy, so h- how'd you come acro- uh, get over that shyness? Well, I'll tell you, it is actually a wonderful story. It happened, I can still remember the day. I was eight years old. I grew up in a place called Boston, Massachusetts, for the Cognoscenti, actually in a place called Dorchester. And it was the deep in wintertime. Now, let's say around December 32. That's January 1st, January 2nd. And it was cold. It was raining. It, the snow was on the ground. It was slushy. It was dark outside around 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I looked out the window and I said, literally, oh, what a horrible day. <laughs> a voice behind me, my wonderful aunt, my Auntie Edie, came up to me and said, she called me Bishy. She said, Bishy, what are you talking about? Do you realize how wonderful the rain is? how fabulous the snow is. You know, all those beautiful plants under the ground, you're going to come up in the spring and you're going to have flowers. You're going to have joy and happiness and sunshine. And I said, hello, Auntie Edie. (laughs) She said, yes, wake up. It's beautiful. And I'm telling everybody in the world from that day until now, and I'm 66 years old and getting better every day. I have never had a day other than filled with joy, happiness, peace, and love. So with that said, um, what is your message or mission on this radio show you want amplified to your guest? Yes, we want to do something that Ken mentioned, and I'd like to have a segue to something that Frank mentioned because he's so correct. Giving money is a wonderful thing. The money is fungible. It goes in, it goes out. Time, even better. Doing something. Bringing other people to to the job, as it were. So that which I have found in my life, which has become a mission, is to be able to spread joy, happiness, peace, and love with something as simple as a card that says on its front two words, keep smiling. And on the back of the card, it has a whole message about what wonderful things happen when people smile at each other. It is the universal language It opens up brotherhood, sisterhood, peace. It creates a communication. So, Frank, I hope that after this call, you and I will get together. I'll send you some smiling cards, and you'll start carrying them and giving them out. They're free, literally free. This January, I'm happy to tell everybody, we broke through the one million card mark. And, by the way, Ken is a big part of this as well, talking about amplifying. We have given out, thank God, throughout the entire world, 24 different languages, all saying... Keep smiling. It's beautiful. It only costs the time to give to someone else. It's all about giving and making sure that that message gets passed on. 
And I have to acknowledge the power of that card because I've never had such a physical and spiritual shift in people that I don't even know. I hand them the card and they look at it and they just start smiling right away. And I say, can I get a picture of you holding the cute smiling card? And they are only too happy to oblige. I recall a conversation we had probably some four or five months ago, Barry, where I said, how are you doing with the social media for this? Because I can't really find you. And you said something to the effect of what social media? So we, uh, we, we did an agreement that we would amplify goodness and you would be one of the strongest messages we would amplify because we clearly uh, connect a smile to a photograph. And it's been so fun handing out these cards at every event that we go to. But you were, you were so generous. You said, well, let me make you 100,000 cards and I'll send them over to you. And I thought to myself, does he have, have any idea how much 100,000 cards are and you did forty two boxes forty two boxes of cards were sent to the Apollo Syndicate, <laughs> and so we had um, we had I think we've gone through about five of those boxes, which is really saying a lot. That's a I, I think there's something like five thousand uh, dollars five thousand cards or twenty five hundred cards per box. So it has been so exciting because we've made a new connection to people, and people are really um, when they smile. It sticks with them. It's not like they shift back and say, I'm going to go to an anti-smile or an anti-happiness. They, they actually shift. And so we cause events to have a new spirit, thanks to you, Barry. I think Gisela has a question she wanted to interject. Uh, oh, I like that. Come on, Gisella. Settle down, young man. Settle down. Okay. <laughs> Coming in. So uh, we just had this interesting um, uh, conversation with a dentist uh, two days ago. And... These dentists uh, say something to me that, uh, to the fact that that card would be something to really show people that, you know, they are the tooth fairies and they, they're making, they're changing lives. Um, we just had, a, Ken can tell you, we just had this, um, one of our coworkers that, um, you know, just were having trouble getting job because of the way, you know, his tooth is looking and, uh we now have this beautiful smile, uh, Janelle Wallace, and he's just this nice person. And your cards being, you know, showing how these dentists can, can really make people smile. What do you have to say to the dentists? Um, uh, uh, you know, what, what, what would you recommend them to do with this campaign? Would you, would you like for them to reach out to you? And if yes, uh, would you give us uh, some information on how to do that? Thank you, Gisela. You are making one of our dreams come true. I am amazed, actually, that um, every dentist in America, and by the way, I told you we have 24 languages, so throughout the world, does not have these cards in their offices. Because let's be realistic. Who on this call loves to go to the dentist, looks forward to it, and says, wow, we am going to the dentist? Okay, that's <laughs> No one. <laughs> right. But if you walk into a dentist's office and you're sitting there and they try to make you comfortable with all the things they have these days, television, fish tanks, and, and people smiling at you, but there's a card there that says, keep smiling, in a little older, and you say, oh, 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 okay, and you get it and you read it, and say, oh, that changes the attitude. So the answer is, Gisela, please, dentists of the world, unite. You have nothing to lose but your frown. And people That's are right. happy. That was a pun on crowns, by the way. But yes, we would welcome that. Everybody should go to, I don't have to say www anymore, but it's good to say it, www, which I'll tell you which means something in a moment, the dot 
com. We send out the cards from the dailysmile.com. Just go there, the dailysmile.com, and put in order. The cards are free. Should we say it again? How much are they, Gisela? Free. So, by the way, here's the most important thing. And, Frank, you're going to love this, and I urge you to pass it on to everybody at Make-A-Wish Foundation. Ready? Right. Everybody thinks that WWW stands for World Wide Web. But Ken knows the secret, because I told him. WWW stands for What a Wonderful World. (laughs) <laughs> That's perfect. Thank you so much, my dear. You know, my mom actually uh, had a quote that she said uh, at my early age that actually transformed me into the value of a smile. She said, smile and the world smiles with you, frown and you frown alone. So a little little tribute and love to my mom. I, I wish uh, Donnell and Dr. Minch were available to be on the show, and we're going to have them on a different time with you, Barry, because for two or three years, Donnell's worked for the Umbrella Syndicate, and he had a gold grill of teeth, and the gold grill of teeth were to protect the, uh, the, the genetic disorder he had with his enamel. So he, he had uh, gum disease. He had really a tremendous amount of dental work that had to happen. I told you about Dr. Minch that he yeah. volunteered to spend roughly six months studying how he was going to do the procedure. And he's still working on Donnell, but Donnell has his first set of white teeth. And I mean, wow, you want to talk about a transformation. Donnell uh, gets compliments all the time, but he doesn't have to have any apprehension. We can send him to any event now. He had the most beautiful soul, but you know, I don't care, um, you know, how great you are when you, when you have gold grills, it's, it's going to be offensive to some people that just can't get past that that uh, look. So he well, now so has... I have, to, I have to interrupt and say something, Ken, that everybody knows intuitively, but people don't understand how vital it is. There are three things that people look at initially when they make a, uh, we'll call it a judgment, but let's use it in the most positive sense, when you make an impression of people. Here are the three things. Your hair, your Oops. teeth, and your shoes. So in the case of Ken and Barry, okay, so here is a different situation. They look at it as, as the non-hair people. But that's why <laughs> women tend to be very, very careful about their hair because they understand that hair actually has a language. But the teeth are really critical. People literally look at how your hair is, what your teeth say. Do they smile? Are they white? Are they, look, you know, we won't talk about Europeans. And your shoes, are your shoes shine? Or are they scruffy? It tells a lot about the person. So that smile, that whole beam that comes out of your mouth with a, and a key. And if you give somebody to keep smiling, start your smiling too. Woo! Right. The world <laughs> becomes a different place. It's the place we love living in. That's what we're about. Spreading joy, happiness, peace, and love. Love. <laughs> so, Barry, what, what caused this uh, keep smiling to generate uh, when was the first time you handed a card out what was the the reason what caused you to never stop doing it well uh, the simple reason is the good lord loves me and he was able to send me something in the mail one day from a friend of mine and in the mail was a card this goes back now let me see 10 12 15, about 17 years ago i got a card in the mail from a friend and the card was on um, thin paper and on one side it has says, keep smiling, and on the back, it has a beautiful saying about smiling and wonderful things, and anybody, actually, everybody that's listening, 
knows the name Dale Carnegie in that famous book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Of course, only 1% of the people have ever read it, but most everybody knows about that exists. Chapter 8 in that book is all about smiling. And the information on the back of the key smiling card is really the copy of what's in Dale Carnegie's book, and he, uh, he didn't originate it either. It's been around for who knows how long. But I got this card in the mail, and I was so happy. I called my friend and told him how much I appreciated it. And I said, can I make copies of this? And he said, of course, go ahead. I was literally moved. And I made 100 copies. Went to the printer and said, made 100 copies. Gave them out literally in two days. I went back. I said, let's give me a price on 1000 Guy looking like I was crazy, which I am, but that's good. And I made 1000 and another thousand, and then five thousand, then ten thousand, and then twenty thousand, and then fifty thousand, and then we had our big push about about three years when I printed two hundred thousand, excuse me, two hundred fifty thousand in China because the price differential was so big, and we, it took us a long time to give those out. But the, uh, the important thing is, as I mentioned to you. I gave, and somebody else gave, and people started hearing about it. I gave five here, ten here, twenty here, thirty here. We literally have dozens of people, hundreds now, who give out cards. Some people give ten a month. Some people give a hundred. I have one person that I can remember just now. I just spoke to him yesterday. He gives out a thousand cards every month. Not that he's counting, but that's how many I sent to him. So this thing is wonderful. We broke the million card mark in January, and as Ken knows, and that's why he's amplifying, the goal is 10 million cards by 2020. 10 million cards by 2020. Everybody listening. And even those who aren't listening today who will listen later. And Frank's Nicholas Foundation. Everybody can help because the cards are free. All we ask is give with an open heart. Spread the message of joy, hope, peace, and love because that's what pushes aside darkness. That's what creates all the benefit in the world. That's one thing. The second thing is, and Ken wanted me to talk about this just for a moment, is a personal issue in my own life, which is 11 years ago today, I was a quadriplegic. Now, everybody's heard the term quadriplegic. Just to put it in, into spatial ideas, it's literally meaning that you're paralyzed in all four sections of your body, your arms, your legs, your feet, and your trunk. Paralyzed. I was standing up in the morning, September 17th, 2004, just like 99.999% of the people listening to us. And that evening, I was in the hospital, completely paralyzed from my neck down, quadriplegic, from a very rare disease, not an accident, a very rare disease took over my body. And literally within a few hours, I was completely paralyzed and stayed that way for years. I was in a hospital bed in my own home for two years, couldn't turn over by myself. I was in a wheelchair for four years, had braces on both legs, small braces on my legs. And now, as Ken knows, I walk with a, <laughs> a beautiful seven-foot-tall um, wand that was made for me by a Zen master, and I still can't walk upstairs without being assisted. And I have a, thank God I have an assistant who helps me 12 hours a day, seven days a week, because other people call me disabled, but we just say we're pleasantly um, moving along in life. But, sure, but that has helped me, obviously, be able to enter anybody's realm. I can give cards to somebody in a wheelchair, in nursing homes or hospitals, wherever they are, because I've been there. And that's the message. Just go out and do it. Spread the word. Everything is good. 
And matter of fact, we're making it better. So that's it. Well, that was a beautiful note to finish this second segment. We're going to bring you both back, Arn. We have some uh, dialogue, and we have one last guest we're going to bring, Arn. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash the Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you are a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune into Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you ready to be the change you wish to be? Live with passion. On Success Inside, host Aparna will share some of the world's best ideas from today's thought leaders. You'll hear success stories from around the world. Guests include inspiring authors, world leaders, spiritual leaders, and successful entrepreneurs. It's time to live the life of your dreams. Listen for Success Inside, airing live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at UmbrellaSyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, we are in the third and final segment of our second show, Amplified. I'm Ken Roshan. And Chitala Gonzalez. And we are so excited to have Frank Shankwitz and Barry Shore. And soon to come with us is John Rio Massey with the Keys for Kids Foundation. Uh, when we were finishing the second segment, Barry shared a very touching and sentimental story. But before he did that, I really wanted to reach out and wring his neck in the most loving way and say, my gosh, Barry, I didn't know you had a hundred other people handing these cards out. I could have so much more of an easy time with my social media movement. And Barry, when we talked, you had the keep smiling card and you had the daily smile. And I said, you know what? You're really trying to create a movement of people smiling. And that's the easiest thing I've been able to tell people. People are all about a movement of, of smiling. And so I'm going to beg you, beg you to have everyone that gets these cards have some type of personal note to them that just says it would mean a lot if you get a picture of the person getting the card and smiling. And uh, the social media that we have, you can have people go right to the, the Facebook page called the Keep Smiling Movement and actually order cards right there, and that would, uh, that would get more people to come to your page to support your movement. I think you 
are heading towards 500 likes, but with 10 million cards, there's no really there's no reason why you shouldn't be at a million likes and everyone talking about this throughout the world. And I, I'd like to. Is that cool, Barry? Whatever you tell me to do, Ken, we will try and do it. I want to amplify Keep Smiling. I want the Keep Smiling movement to be one of the biggest movements in the world. And, of course, the Make-A-Wish Foundation is one of the biggest movements in the world. And I want to ask Frank, uh, I, I'm not sure even where I'm, what I'm getting into here, but Frank, what kind of difference did social media make for you for the Make-A-Wish Foundation? Uh, a big thing. And, and uh, Barry, I'm one of the recipients of a photograph that Ken took holding the Keep Smiling card, uh, which I'm proud to display on my Facebook page, but but also, Barry, I want to let you know, too, that about 20 years ago, I did a little catchphrase for Make-A-Wish that we produce miles of smiles with our wish children. Now, that was 20 years ago, and just think what we can do today via social media. Well, I hope that we will be in contact after this call and see if we can make things happen together. But answering your question, Ken, uh, social media, especially Facebook, um, has helped so much with Make-A-Wish Foundation and also on my personal uh, page on my speaking thing. It, it, we've reached just on um, Make-A-Wish literally millions of people around the world. Uh, there's 63 chapters in the United States, 36 international chapters. So you can imagine the millions and millions and millions of people without exaggerating that uh, contact via social media. Well, when you look up Make-A-Wish Foundation or just Make-A-Wish, uh, there's just a stream of uh, different geographic areas, and that's so impressive. The, the One of the main ones that comes up is 362,000 likes, and I, I can only imagine how much uh, engagement there is because of what a difference that makes. And I, I want to support you guys on a social media level as well. I, I want to give Giselle an opportunity to bring our third guest on. Let's go ahead, Giselle. Oh, hello, John. Hello. Thank you for this fabulous opportunity. Thank you for being here. We're here now with John Massey, and we're going to speak about uh, keys for kids. So, John, can you tell me a little a little bit about uh, your inspiration um, to start this nonprofit organization? Yes, I'd love to. It started over nine years ago with my son. He wanted to attend a, a week-long church-sponsored camping trip, and I was unable to uh, afford for him to go. Uh, he was understanding, but he he was still depressed. He, he really wanted to go. So uh, the night before the buses were supposed to leave, I received a phone call from his church saying that an uh, anonymous donation was made, and he was chosen as an outstanding member of his church to go on this camping trip. And at that point, it really touched my heart. It put the gears into motion. How can I repay that? wonderful gift that somebody anonymously gave to my son. And uh, over the years, I I kept thinking about it, and uh, the pieces started falling into place. And uh, about two years ago, I I made this my definite purpose in life, and I decided to devote the rest of my life to this. And uh, that brings me to today. That's amazing, John. Thank you. Um, Now, how are your... How 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 can you give back to the community? How how can you pay back this gift that was given to you? Well, uh, I think uh, the best way to answer that question is uh, to tell you what our mission is. Our mission is simple: we want to sponsor children's dreams and activities through recycling keys. Okay, and how how is that recycling keys? You know, what is the process? 
everybody has unused and unwanted keys. Um, we all have them. It's a psychological connection. When they are useful, we keep them close to our hearts, and uh, we always know where they are. Well, when they're no longer useful, that psychological connection continues, and everybody keeps them. They keep them in their desk drawers, in tool drawers, in their garages. I hear from uh, many people, oh, I have jars full of keys in the garage. And I started thinking that uh, there is value there. Uh, They're made out of uh, uh, three semi-precious metals, being mostly copper, zinc, and nickel. And uh, there is value there. In small quantities, uh, uh, the value is very small. Uh, If you multiply that across 123 million households and 18.2 million business addresses in the United States alone, there is a huge amount of value just sitting there that we want to tap into to help children. And uh, what is the message or purpose that you'd like to amplify to our guests? I'm sure everyone has keys and this is the message, but what else can you add to that? Like how can they get them to you? How can they contribute? Uh, the process is still in the works. Um, uh, mailing the keys would be great. Uh, from one key to a thousand, uh, every key counts. Um, we are, we do have several uh, ideas in the works as far as collection is concerned. Uh, for instance, we have recently partnered with the largest locksmith in the United States, being uh, Mr. Ken Jennings. He is the CEO of Mr. Riki. And they are franchised in over 30 states, uh, 30 cities, excuse me, across the United States. And uh, he has partnered with us to help start collecting keys. And uh, you're a member of Secret Knock, right? I am a member, although I have not made it in attendance as of yet. I was supposed to attend uh, last August. Uh, I had some unforeseen uh, business come up at the very last minute, and I was unable to attend. Although, I have to really give a big shout-out to the Secret Knock family and Greg Reed uh, because the connections that I have been able to connect with, even though I wasn't physically there, have been just astronomically mind-blowing. How did you hear about the Umbrella Syndicate? Uh, I believe, Ken, uh, you reached out to me. Okay. And I believe that was, again, through the Secret Knock Circle. Okay, very good. Because I was, I was going to share that the secret knock has an amazing ripple effect, and that ripple effect is a, a beautiful segue to you in a second, Frank. But uh, it, a lot of people don't realize when they attend these events that are on social media, the photos are one way of creating that connection because you you have that photo that really lives as a legacy or a social proof that you, you know this person. And through the tagging, you can actually simply say, oh, yeah, we're in that picture together. Yeah, it's time to communicate again. And then the other thing are the groups. Uh, some, some groups you can't get into unless you attend an event. And Secret Knock has a very powerful uh, group on Facebook that's, that we're all able to communicate and support each other. But let's go to Frank for just one second or uh, one part. You, you recently started a, a Ripple Effect Foundation. Can you tell me about that new project? Yeah, th- yeah. This is a new foundation. Make a Wish is of, of, and I haven't. Uh, I'm not involved with the um, management any longer with Make a Wish because of other ventures that I'm on. But I've been asked to do a new foundation, uh, which we named the Ripple Effect Foundation. And this found, in fact, we just got approved two weeks ago uh, from IRS. We received our 501c3, and this foundation is designed to help other up-and-coming 
foundation, such as John's is a good example. Um, and also to help individuals, we're really going to concentrate on our wounded warriors, on our autistic children. Uh, it's not just for children, this is for adults, for charities. And then for major catastrophic events like going on in Northern California right now with the fires, so many homes burned that we can go into community, get community together to start a ripple effect to help these people rebuild and get going again. So congratulations on getting your 501C again, and I wanted to, uh, I guess, assume that you were going to be calling me first thing Monday morning around 6 a.m. to say, now that I got my 501C, we are ready to be amplified on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and we, we haven't launched our website or our, our Facebook page in yet. Uh, like I said, this is so new, and again, it's a grassroots type thing, but I've developed amazing board directors, including Greg Reed, including David Stanley, uh, including Alan Reed, David Lachance out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, but the biggest thing associated with this is we've been approached by ABC Television to develop a uh, summer replacement series for next year which will benefit the Ripple Effect Foundation. And we're meeting with ABC uh, two weeks ago and again in a couple of weeks, and we hope to get this launched. Oh, uh, uh, Frank, any advice to our listeners who will be probably wanted to uh, you know, start a foundation now that you start so many and you're going to be continue doing? <laughs> they probably there. okay, I can do this. Is there anything that you would you want to say to our listeners that it would help uh, them start their foundation or or maybe say no i don't want to do one well the biggest thing with the foundation and and please understand this uh i might say this in a derogatory term uh, a lot of people start one to benefit themselves they're saying i'm going to get a salary on this i'm going to make some money uh and that's true that's why charitynavigator.org uh, identifies these people and points that out where the money is not going to the mission. But if you are going to start this foundation, uh, it has to be from the heart. It has to be something you want to do the community. It has to be something that you want to develop. John is a good example of this with his keys. I can see what the success this is going to be for him uh, to help these children and other groups. So, Frank, what... Uh what would be the gold nuggets you'd share with John or someone else that's uh, in the beginning phases of creating the foundation? The, the gold nugget is develop a strong board, a strong board, a working board, not a board that's looking for a resume builder. Uh, your social media is a big thing right now. And then you've got to get the media, the press, the TV uh, on your side to accept your mission and get that publicity out there. Okay, so to... Um to dig a little more really quickly, uh, what would be a good way to find a board uh, that could help you out? That's the difficult part. Again, you've got to find a board that will help with this mission. Um, and that's uh, back, even back in the days when I started Make-A-Wish, that was the most difficult thing. People that helped me put together the so-called wish for the inspiration for that little boy, uh, I went to them and said, hey, I got this idea, and very few people wanted to do it. It's very time-consuming. Yeah, and then you reach a tipping point, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, because when I started the Umbrella Syndicate, not that it has uh, relevance to everything, but when, when I started it, I did 330 events that were all philanthropic, and you're basically selling the world that you're serious, and the world is saying, no, you're not. And then at some point, they say, actually, you are, and then there's a buy-in, and when there's a buy-in, it causes that tipping point. So I imagine that's kind of what it was like for you. At some point, people said, he's not going to go away. He's really serious about making this impact in the world, and so they bought in. Is that correct? 
Well, and yes, and I can use Greg Weed's uh, new word that I learned a couple of years ago, stickability. Right. He well, said, that's yeah, my stickability. book. <laughs> I, said, I said, that's not a word. He said, yes, it is. In fact, he's got a great book and documentary on it. And you, you turn, you just stay the positive. In police work, we learned there's no such thing as a negative. You turn that negative to a positive. That's how you complete investigations. And the same with anything in life or especially the nonprofits. You can't do that. Yes, I can. I'm going to say that negative to a positive. And another thing Greg Reed has recently uh, shared with, I guess, the whole audience that resonates particular in this foundation work is your calling. When you feel that what you're supposed to be doing in life is this particular foundation or this philanthropic movement or this mission, that calling makes you almost unstoppable. And you can't quit a job, but you cannot quit a calling. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So um, I had asked Frank for a quote that he lives by. Uh, Barry, why don't you uh, kick in right now with uh, a quote or two that you love, and, and then, John, you'll follow suit. Okay. Barry Shore here. My quote is very simple. I say it every morning, and I share it with everybody I can. Here to serve. Beautiful. John? Say mine is taken from Richard Cohen. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that. Go ahead. Mine is uh, taken from Richard Cohen. Collaboration is essential to create miracles. And I'll tell you what, I really, uh, I I appreciate the the quotes from both of you, but when Barry Shore was coming on the show in the second segment, he was so patient, and I consider that kind of a stickability uh, piece. He actually did a sound check starting with the number 500 and went all the way to zero. We had to wait like almost 15 minutes. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm down to now seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, we get it. <laughs> so, Barry, you are uh, definitely a life force. I, you're out in uh, the California area, but I, I encourage you to do video and get that video on social media because when I met you in person, I just, I kind of said, I don't really have anything else to do today. I just want to hang with Barry. So, uh, you, you become one of my mentors, but if each of you could uh, take a turn, we can start with uh, you, Frank, uh, who, is, who is a mentor, uh, and then why, and then if we can have each of you do that, and we might be closing out the program very soon. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I have two mentors. One was uh, when I was 10 years old, Juan Delgadillo, the, my kind of father figure at the time. And then in my adult life, um, and senior years, was actually Greg Reed. Um, yep. has just done so much to uh, help me and get me in speaking tours and engagements and just, just a great individual in my life. Barry? My mentor has been for a number of years, Andrew Carnegie. Andrew and Carnegie I- was the, the man who, and actually this related friend who just reminded me, this segues to Greg Reed. Why? Because Andrew Carnegie was the richest man in America at the time when he sold his great steel corporation. He built it from nothing. It came to America ten hey, Barry, virtually. We're down yeah. to 10 seconds. Let's let John just say his mentor really quickly, and we'll close out the show. Go ahead, John. I would have to say definitely Gregory, cutting right to the point. Uh, he personally called me. He said, don't give up. Okay, and we are, we are closing out. So Greg Reed wins the Mentorship Award. I personally and, invite you, Greg Reed. Please come to the show. We need you. And Greg Reed has a book called The Millionaire Mentor. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for our second show. We look forward to this continuing. And thank all you. three of you have been amplified. amplified. We love you Make all. It a great thank, one. You. Bye. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Kim. Bye. 
we hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplify. Be sure to join Ken Roshan and Gisela Gonzalez again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.